Jeremiah chapter 23, the context of this chapter, if you read it, it's a scathing chapter, starts out by saying, Woe be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture. Wow, that's pretty scathing. And it goes on throughout there, talking about the, the way that the pastors, the prophets, are mishandling God's word. But the verse that I want to focus on is verse 29. And I just want to meditate on one singular piece of that. It says, Is not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces? Hebrews 4 also describes the word as a sword. It's quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. So these are the three ways the word describes itself. There are other ways uh, as well, but I just want to focus on these three ways that the word describes itself. This is its own testimony of itself. It's fire, it's a hammer, and it's a sword. And we should stop and think about those three uh, descriptions, those three pictures and what that should mean for us, it's fire. The Word of God is as a fire. And what does fire do? All kinds of ways to apply that, but certainly one of the things that it does is it generates warmth, doesn't it? Heat. What does a hammer do? A hammer breaks that which is hard, breaks the rock as it says there, it breaketh the rock in pieces. And what does a sword do? A sword cuts and it pierces. And the reason why this is such a burden for me is because with all the preaching and the teaching that's going out over the airwaves and even over sermon audio, why is it that we are not seeing these kinds of effects, fire, hammer, and sword, on our churches, at the very least, but on the world. But let's just start within the church. You go from church on Sunday to Sunday, and the word is preached, and so little of these effects what the word says this is what it is it's as it's as a fire it's a hammer and it's a sword but you see so little of that effect on the congregation sunday by sunday and you have to ask yourself what is going on why is that so these are the three ways that the word describes itself. It's, it's worthy of your meditation. I mean, you just think about that. But I, I believe this is just one reason. It's not the only reason, but this is just one reason why I believe that there is not the kind of effects that you're seeing of the word being preached out there. Just one reason. I'm going to submit it to you for your consideration. And that is because, you know, when you have fire, the only way, this is going to be a very practical way to illustrate, but the only way that you're going to have fire 
warm you as you come near to it. There is a drawing near to it. A hammer only breaks when it comes in contact with the thing, with the rock. And the sword only pierces when it comes in contact with the flesh. And you know, there's a, an old wise preacher that I used to um, speak very often with. He's still alive. And he used to say to me a long, long time ago, Stephen, the, the three secrets of great preaching are application, application, application. And I just believe that you can have all of the, the, the most perfect presentation of the Word of God and all of the theology and the, the, the doctrines of the Word of God but if it does not become applicable to you personally, it will not have the kind of effect that fire and hammer and the sword should have. When the two on the road to Emmaus, they were walking, they knew a lot of the theology, but when Jesus drew near to them and he opened to them the scriptures, they said, did not our heart burn within us? The word of God had a fire-like effect with them. Ezekiel 36 talks about the Lord taking the stony heart out of us and making it a heart of flesh. That is the kind of effect that we want. And if you think about the word as a sword... You remember when Stephen the deacon was preaching uh, in the book of Acts, there, Acts chapter 7, and his whole sermon is there for you to read. It wasn't until he got to the very end, at the very end, he made that direct application, and he said, you have done this. You have, by your wicked hands, put the Son of God to death, essentially. And it was after that that they were pierced and they were cut to the heart. It had that penetrating effect once the application came. You know, when I was a, a young person uh, in my teens, there was a time, and I still do this from time to time, but there was a time I remember um, when I used to read the Bible and I put my own name there so that I felt the application much more directly. So, for example, if, if I would were to read in Ephesians chapter 4 where it says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, I would say, I would read it like, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you, Stephen, that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherein ye are called. You insert your name there, and it becomes a lot more penetrating. I remember reading it that way. I mean, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Stephen, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. He's writing to you. There needs to be personal, you need to feel the finger of the word of God press on your own chest. Or there in Philippians chapter 3, it says, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. Finally, Stephen, 
Rejoice in the Lord. Philippians 4, Therefore, Stephen, my dearly beloved and longed for, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord. That's just a, a simple example of what I used to do when I was younger. I would read the Word of God and read it with my own name in there. And I believe that what, what's happening in, in a lot of our churches is that people are not applying, either the preachers aren't applying or the people certainly are not applying to themselves the Word that is preached. It's this, it's this truth that's out there but it has no direct application to their own heart. You remember when David sinned with Bathsheba and Nathan the prophet came and he told that, that story and David was all in agreement with the story. That story about that man who had the, the lamb and, and the rich man took that lamb. And you remember that. And, and David was, he was totally in agreement and he was enraged that that would ever happen. And then Nathan turned his finger around and he said, Thou art the man. And that was when the word of God cut. It pierced him. So much so that he wrote Psalm 51. And you can see there, Against thee and thee only have I sinned. It became so personal. It became so directed to him. Thou art the man. And so, what I would like to do is I would like to perhaps incorporate in our prayers, this is not the only thing we need to pray for today, but I would like to incorporate in our prayers, pray for your preachers that they will, not like Jeremiah 23 has it where you have these pastors that are destroying the flock uh, and mishandling the Word of God. But pray for your preachers that they will handle the Word of God faithfully, but then they will apply the Word of God personally. And that has to be done very carefully and faithfully. You don't want to abuse that. But I, I do believe that there is a need for the Word of God to be applied directly to individuals. So in our praying, let's pray that the preachers will apply the Word of God as it needs to be applied. And pray that the Word of God will be what it says it will be. Or that it is. The Word of God says it's a fire. Well, then pray that. Lord, you said your word is a fire. Then cause it to warm our cold hearts. If you're like any normal breathing Christian, you, you have seasons of coldness. Call on the Lord to, to have his own word, which he said is a fire, to create warmth in our hearts like it did for the two on the road to Emmaus. Let's pray for that. Lord, you said your word is a hammer. We're not seeing hammer-like activity. Do as you have said. 
It's a hammer. Cause it to break to pieces the stony hearts. And there are some stony hearts out there. We're praying for them. That prodigal list is essentially a stony heart list. The hearts that need to be broken to be made into hearts of flesh. We're praying that the Lord will do as He has said the Word of God should be doing. Make it a hammer, Lord. And make it a sword. You said that the Word of God is alive. It's powerful. And it's sharp like a sword. Well, cause it to cut and to pierce and to create conviction. Those are, those are good things to pray. Those are, those are lawful things to pray. It's, it's in line with the Word of God. And I, I think we need to pray that the Lord of God, or, or that the Word of God, will be what it describes itself to be. And I'm just going to put this out to you now because, you know, when we, and I, I mentioned this to my kids last night during our own Bible time, you know, we hear the, the word of salvation go out, the gospel going out in our churches with great frequency, but it doesn't get applied. And you know, I, I really believe that if we like what Stephen did in Acts 7, make this personal. Jesus dying on a cross wasn't for the sins of the world, quote-unquote. It was your sins that put him there. And it was my sins that put him there. If I can feel the weight of that, if I can feel the weight of the fact that I'm to blame, if no one else is, is even brought into the, the, into the picture, I am the reason why Jesus Christ died on a cross. You know what that will do? That will give me a, a new hatred for sin. Because it's my sins that did that. You see the power of application? It's, it's not just this theory, it's not just this isolated, disjointed truth that's out there to be admired. Without application, a fire just becomes something on a screen that does not warm. A hammer is something on a shelf to be admired, and it's a sword that sits in a glass box without contact with the flesh. But it's my sins that put Jesus on a cross. I can say like Psalm 51, against thee and thee only have I sinned. What shall we then do? Acts 16, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now that's a, that's a command that needs to come directly to the individual. You, Stephen, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a command. Not just a blanket command for the world. It's a command for you. You are being called to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And those that struggle with salvation in our churches... Those commands and those words need to come with fresh application directly to their own heart. You, come unto me, all ye that labor and are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. You come to me. When, when the word says, 
to draw near to God. You, it's calling you. It's not a general truth. You draw near to God. If I were to call out every individual name on this, on this, on this uh, screen, you would, you would take a step back and be a little shocked and surprised. You'd be, you know, if I were to call out a name, that. But that's the way it needs to be. That's the way the Word of God needs to come into our hearts with direct application. So let's be praying for application, the right handling of the Word. And that the word of God will be as it says it is. Amen.